What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! Get your lineup set. It's time for Start or Sit. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and he. All right, week three begins tonight. It is Thursday. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. We are going to preview the AFC home games today. There are six of them, and we're going to throw in a little bonus for you. We're going to throw in Monday Night Football, the Bears at the Redskins. Seven games to preview today, eight games tomorrow. Try to talk a little bit of trade and uh, decide who we like. You know, it seems like we're going to be bookended by some great primetime games. Thursday Night Football, Tennessee-Jacksonville, Monday Night Football, Washington-Chicago. How exciting, Dave. It is, uh, it's a fantastic time to be alive. <laughs> Here are a couple of week 15 stats for all of you to chew on right now. Wait, wait, week 15? Uh, it's just, sorry. Week three stats. I had if that number. was a Freudian slip, that had to have been a Freudian slip. Well, right? here, I, nine running backs. God, I wish it was week 15 already. 50. <laughs> uh, big Giants-Dolphins game in week 15. So, yeah. Nine, <laughs> nine running backs. Had just, just fast forward to that day. 15 or more carries. There it is against the Bengals last year. 15 or more carries. Nine times. All nine of those running backs had 100 rushing yards or a touchdown. Or both. And that continued in week one with Chris Carson. So is Frank Gore going to get 15 carries, guys? What do you think? I would say so, yeah. I do too. Unless they're losing, which would be a huge surprise. And then what if he breaks that mold of uh, 100 yards or a touchdown rushing? And well, I think he'll get a touchdown. Nah. Mm-hmm. I do. He doesn't have to do both. Oh, he won't do both. Well, he might. Yeah, you never know. Uh, Jared Goff. Jared Goff has thrown more than one touchdown pass in one of his last 10 games. Yeah, he also has only one game with over 300 yards in his last 10 games. Yeah, that's including the postseason and obviously dating back to last season. So, interesting. Good matchup this week, though. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. All right, guys, give me a player you are avoiding this week. Then we'll talk about someone that we're excited to start. But players we're avoiding. Heath, why don't you kick it off? I'm avoiding Latavius Murray. I'm just a little bit worried about what this offense looked like in their first game. Uh, I know it's going to be a lot of Michael Thomas. I expect it's going to be a lot of Alvin Kamara, but there has not been enough volume for Murray so far, and there may not be enough touchdown opportunities either. Frank Gore over Murray? Yes. Oh, yeah. Easily. All right. Murray at Seattle. Uh, Jamie, who are you avoiding this week? Joe Mixon, if I can. I don't have any Joe Mixon shares, but I would avoid him if you can. Uh, I don't like the setup for him in that matchup against Buffalo. I don't know how healthy he is. Um, I'm hoping that he comes out of this game you know, showing me something showing us something that he's you know back to the guy that we drafted 
in their first 15 overall pick, but you know, it's been a struggle so far, mostly due to the injury, but, um, you know, we'll see they may, they may get Cordy Glenn black. that would be nice, you know, to get the offensive line going in the right direction, but, uh, just a tough, tough matchup against Buffalo. Interesting. That's, that's kind of sad that it's week three and we're already talking about sitting Joe Mixon. Most people can't, you know, so I, I think it's just one of those things. You just got to really lower what the ceiling is. Who, who are you starting over Mixon? Frank Gore. I've gone back and forth between those two, and I just don't know if I can bring myself to put Frank Gore. And there. and I'm sure that's the sentiment. They're literally back to back in my rank. That's the sentiment amongst most people, and understandably so. You would be sick to your stomach when you bench a guy that you drafted in your first two rounds. That's healthy, and playing him for a guy that's 55 years old and the backup. But that's the scenario that you're. At. I'd sit. I'd sit Mixon and PBR for the receiving back, White, Cohen, and Chris Thompson. The two of those, I agree with. <laughs> not Cohen. <laughs> no, I mean, he's uh, not getting touches. Too bad. Uh, all right, uh, Dave, who are you avoiding this week? Cover your ears, Heath. I can't trust Tyrell Williams at sub 100% going up against the Vikings. I think this is a get-right game for Minnesota on both sides of the ball. And uh, and I think Tyrell's going to have a hard time even putting up the numbers that he put up last week. I think it's going to be tough sledding for him. Okay, yep, tough matchup for Tyrell Williams. And... Uh, Especially for for Josh Jacobs too. I mean, uh, well, we'll preview that game tomorrow. Jacobs, we have an injury update on him. He was limited in practice. All right, guys, it is game time. Tully time. The player of the week presented by Tullamore Dew. Dave, Jamie, and Heath are going to select a player who they think will surprise and show out during the weekend slate of games. All right, I'll start again with you, Heath. Who's our uh, who's your game time Tully time player of the week? I'll go with DJ Moore, who hasn't been quite as good in fantasy as he should have been yet. He's 24 targets in his first two weeks. Now he gets a matchup against the Arizona Cardinals, who look like they may just be the free space in 2019. I don't care if his quarterback is Cam Newton or Kyle Allen or Dave Richard. DJ Moore oh, scoring a touchdown and getting double-digit targets going over 100 yards this week. The problem is if I'm the quarterback, I can't throw accurately five yards downfield. But that's kind of how it's been for Carolina anyway the past couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, and you can't run either. That's how it's been for Carolina. Dave, who's your uh, player of the week presented by Telemordu? When you think about players being flashy and showing out, you think of Jason Witten. That's right. Another old-ass man that we're going to tell you to start in fantasy. He's taking on the Dolphins. I see your free space on Arizona, and I raise you Miami. Witten scored in each of his first two games this year. Dolphins are allowing 13 yards per catch at tight ends. Michael Gallup's not going to play. I think he's going to be a red zone threat, and I think he can score again this week, and he's available in over 50% of CBS League. Such a good broadcaster. Jamie, player of the week. I'll go with James Washington for the Steelers. I think this is going to be the Mason Rudolph to James Washington start of their connection going back to their days at Oklahoma State and get Dante Moncrief out of the way. You know, so Washington did not play well in week two, but I think that this is an opportunity for what we saw in the preseason to start to carry over to the regular season. So I, I like the setup for him this week. All right. So DJ Moore at Arizona, James Washington uh, at Seattle, no, at San Francisco. I keep getting those uh, games mixed up. So do and, I. And <laughs> so weird. Uh, it's the backup it's the quarterback. Back quarterbacks. Right, right. Yep. I, I keep saying, oh, yeah, the Saints are playing the 49ers. Nope. No, not. <laughs> and Jason Witten against Miami. And obviously, those are not our three favorite players, but these are players who could surprise you this weekend. Uh, also, this weekend, we have the Saturday Mailbag Show. iTunes, uh, go on iTunes, leave us a five star review, ask us a question. We'll read some of them on the mailbag as we did yesterday. 
Uh, we have our Facebook group. So it's a great the Facebook group is really a great way to get your questions answered because we get so many emails and tweets and we can't get to all of them. So join our Facebook group. It's just called Fantasy Football Today. And a lot of threads are posted and you can get feedback. Sometimes I'm in there. Ben Schrager's in there. We do some Q&As. Ben's our producer, our podcast producer. We're giving away that T-shirt if you want to submit a team name. But it's, it's just a community of fantasy football players that listen to the show. And you can bounce ideas around. And Ion Fantasy Football, our Saturday night radio show. Who's on this week, Heath? I think oh, it's me. I was on Dave. Oh, yeah. All right, it's me and Dave. All right, Dave, you ready? Oh, yeah. Right. We always have a good time on yeah. the radio, Adam. We take a bunch of calls and get a little loose and loopy on a Saturday yeah, night. It really There's is. no better place to be than in front of your radio on a Saturday night listening to fantasy football jargon for two hours. Yeah, or yeah, exactly. And uh, last Saturday, I was in such a great mood because I went to the vending machine and I got a bag of chips and two bags of chips dispensed, and they were different bags of chips. They were different brands, and they were in the same slot. Like, it was amazing. So those are the types of things that fire me up on Saturday night. Listen to our show, 10 to midnight Eastern, Sirius Channel 206, CBS Sports Radio as well. Let's go through the news and notes. Cam Newton seems unlikely to play with a foot injury. So are you getting away from any of the... And we'll preview this game tomorrow, but are you getting away from... uh, it's, I guess the, it's Curtis Samuel because it seems like Heath's going to start DJ Moore. I think we're all going to start Greg Olson against the best matchup. So, yeah, how do you feel about Curtis Samuel? I think he's fine as a, as a low-end flex. I would rather go with the Chiefs guys, um, Robinson and Hardman over Samuel at this point. But it's not necessarily because of the quarterback change. It's just because I like the, the game script better for Kansas City's passing game. Yeah, I would rather go with Samuel over the Chiefs guys. He's a top 40 guy for me. But again, I agree with Dave, a low inflict. He had uh, two two for 72 in week 17 at the Saints with Allen as a starter. Yeah. Did he I, score? I, I, a touchdown. He yeah. did. He did. I, I just, I think he had four targets. I, I don't know. I Kyle Allen could be awful. It, He's an undrafted free agent. He played one game last uh, year. It was against if he, Saints, I think he can be okay. I think he can he's, be okay. So he's playing a freshman defense. If he was playing a JV defense, then maybe it'd be a different story. Certainly, he's playing a varsity defense, then I can understand. But you know, the the defense that he's playing is uh is not very good. Especially, I, I, I'm I'm sorry. He, no. If it was at home, it'd be a much better situation. That's not my only concern. Is I know it's not a tough place to play, but still, going on the road is always something you got to worry about with inexperienced quarterback like if he gets off to a bad start and arizona jumps out to a big lead i still think those guys are going to get garbage time so i'm not i'm just not really worried about most of them uh he's from arizona right it's a homecoming game for kyle allen i believe Uh, i'm not sure he uh okay all right i'll look it up i got wikipedia up other news you think so i'm looking now oh he's from scottsdale arizona he went to high school in scottsdale arizona take that you you know Oh. Okay, hot shot. Where's Chase Daniel from? Since you know so much about backup quarterback from Missouri, he's from he's yeah, okay. just, just That's outside where he went to school. That's very good. The college of Missouri, outside right. Ebbing, Missouri. Okay, the Saints are going to use two quarterbacks. Uh, so does that mean we can't start Teddy Bridgewater in a two QB league? It sucks because I was so ready to go with Teddy Bridgewater. Thought he'd be such two a QB stud. league. They always use two quarterbacks every week. This seems a little different though. I think it's, this is this is the fear with Bridgewater is that Don Payton is infatuated with Taysom Hill, and he may prefer playing Taysom Hill more as a traditional quarterback than what he does really when Drew Brees is healthy. So that's something you have to take into account. That if, my, my guess is Bridgewater starts. Okay. Taysom's going to play. 
we may see Taysom actually throw the ball in an mm. NFL game. Yeah, maybe he'll I, play I, receiver for them. <laughs> They're little banked yeah, up there. But last week. But we also could see a situation where if Bridgewater struggles, he's going to get yanked. Maybe when they said they were going to use two quarterbacks, they meant at the same time. Right. Because Taysom Hill played receiver last week. Right, right. Caught a touchdown. Uh, you know you get those points if you use Team QB. Taysom Hill's receiving yardage count. That's interesting. Team QB is going to be good. Uh, so Brady Quinn was on the Pick 6 podcast, <laughs> and he said, quote, People keep talking about this injury to Drew Brees being six weeks. I think it's a minimum of six weeks. It could be a lot longer than that. People don't realize when you have surgery on your throwing hand and you've got to get all that feeling back in the strength, and I know it's small and people think you can just pick up a football, it doesn't really work like that. You can hear his full comments on the Pick 6 podcast from yesterday. Yeah, I did I did the show with him on, on Monday on, on HQ, and you know he was talking about he broke his, um, his uh, pointer finger in... Uh, 2008, I think he said, and it took him, you know, six weeks to just recover from the surgery, getting the pins taken out, and then he had to, you know, go back to gripping the football. It's it's going to be something that, you know, the hope is that it's a four week recovery from the surgery, and then like a two week getting comfortable rehab, all those things. Like that's the six weeks that you're looking for. But they also have their buy built in there too. Right, right. Okay, Tom Brady was limited with a calf injury. He'll play. Jameis Winston, I think, has a foot injury. He'll play. One of our listeners emailed me this morning and said he traded Lamar Jackson for Le'Veon Bell and he regretted it. And that's what I'm saying. Don't regret it. That's what you should be doing with no, Lamar that's, Jackson. That's, that's what you're supposed to do. Yes, right. that's perfect. Perfect. Uh, running back news. Let's just talk about who we think is going to play here for the most part because we have so many news items. Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy mispracticed. This one maybe requires a little bit more because I think we were all interested in picking up Daryl Williams last night, right? I added him in six leagues, yeah. What about Darwin Thompson, gentlemen? I, Have we forgotten about good old Darwin already? Well, he's the number four running back right now. Like, he is more exciting, but Daryl Williams was the one that finished off the game last week. I think he'll lead the team in touches if for some reason those guys don't both play. Um, but I get the indication, like, Damian Williams was a knee contusion. I think he's just hurting. I think he's going to be fine. LaShawn McCoy's MRI came back clean. I think he's going to be. I, I yeah. expect both these guys to play, but yes, I did add Daryl Williams just in case. Justin, right. Exactly. Just in case. Oh, I'm being told that Cliff's King, Cliff Kingsbury, thank you to Andrew, um, one of our one of our producers, uh, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury recruited Kyle Allen. So a little fun storyline there. All right. Yeah. So Daryl Williams. You recruited everybody. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> James Conner's good to go. Josh Jacobs was limited at practice. He's at Minnesota. Marlon Mack missed practice with a calf injury. We expect Marlon Mack to play, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, hopefully. hopefully. Devin Singletary did not practice. All, all the things we said about Frank Gore, if Singletary plays, are you getting away from Frank Gore? Does it not matter to you? Uh, yeah, of course you're going to get away from Frank Gore. No, I wouldn't rank him that much differently. I've got TJ Yeldon projected for Devin Singletary touches. Devin Singletary is going to have to get double digits in workload before I'm going to think he's going to, to harm Frank Gore. I get away from Gore. He's just not going to be as explosive. I, I wouldn't want to start any Bills running back because you don't know how much work Singletary is going to get. This is, the injury is a step back in him taking over the lead role. Gore could get 12 touches, and it just won't be that much. So he can't take advantage of the matchup. Uh, Matt LaFleur says he wants to give Jamal Williams more touches. He wants to even out the touches between Williams and Aaron Jones. What the good, hell, man? Good. What, what, what is this? Way to be a moron. <laughs> Do you buy it? <laughs> Are you nervous about that? Yeah, of course. I mean, this is, he talked about it in the, in, in the summer. And he hasn't And they're it. basically playing. I mean, it's like a 55-45 a, a snap count 
percentage split at this point. I, but you see who's better. In your mind, is is this a downgrade for Aaron Jones, or is this just coach no. speak? All right, or or a little okay. All right then. Uh, Jeff Wilson could get the red zone touches after I yelled at Heath for thinking that Jeff Wilson could get the red zone touches. That story came out that Jeff Wilson could get the red zone touches. Yeah, when we get to that game, I think it's going to be tomorrow, Adam. Mm-hmm. I've got some interesting numbers on those running backs and, and their usage from the first two weeks of the season. Malcolm Brown has an ankle injury. Freddie Kitchens said he'd love to get Nick Chubb more touches. All right, we're not going to complain, but he's getting plenty. Wide receiver news. Antonio Brown, he will not be prosecuted, I think, by the county due to statute of limitations. So we are ranking him this week right now, expecting Brown to play. Heath, this came up about an hour into the show yesterday, so in case people missed it, can we get a clarification on A.J. Green's timeline? Uh, We don't have a timeline, but he just had a quote from last week that we seemingly, like everybody didn't talk about until this week, that the six- to eight-week timeline he did not think was accurate. It's going to be longer than that. Now, we did the math uh, yesterday after the podcast. Chris and I were looking at it. Sunday, I believe, would be eight weeks from the time that he was injured, or Saturday would be eight weeks. So I wouldn't expect him this week. I wouldn't expect him next week. But I think there's a possibility we get him in two weeks. Okay. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey day-to-day. Sterling Shepard and Cody Latimer are both dealing with concussions. Seems like Shepard has a better chance to play. Chick, uh, you know, Jeffrey, are you guys thinking Jeffrey plays or no? No. I, Peterson uses day-to-day very liberally right, right. when he talks to the media. He might be closer to week-to-week. Uh, well, two weeks. I mean, because they play Thursday night and week. Yeah, sure. Traquan Smith missed practice, and Ted Ginn was limited, so they're banged up there. Tight end news, Mark Andrews missed practice. He's expected to play. Trey Burton could get more work this week. Dallas Goddard has a calf strain. David Njoku may need wrist surgery. Jordan Reed practiced, but he's still uncertain. Offensive line news, Kansas City left tackle Eric Fisher is out several games with a core muscle injury. He barely played at Oakland. It did not matter. It'll be a stiffer test this week against Baltimore. Rams right guard Austin Blythe has a sprained ankle, so he will probably not play this week at Cleveland on Sunday night. Oakland right tackle Trent Brown has a knee injury, but they are getting Richie Incognito back to play guard at Minnesota this week. Cornerbacks, A.J. Boye is questionable with a hip injury for tonight's game, but Jalen Ramsey will play. Jason Lockenfora says that the Eagles, Chiefs, and Seahawks are three teams that are interested in Ramsey. Darius Leonard's in the concussion protocol still. That could help Devontae Freeman, who's off to a terrible start. Uh, Denver cornerback Bryce Callahan could play this week, and that would give them two really good corners going up against Green Bay in Lambeau. Yeah. So He's their that's nickel, fun. so that would help them out a lot. And that would probably move that would move Chris Harris to the outside to, to potentially shadow mm-hmm. Devontae Adams. That's exactly what they'll do. D. Ford is questionable for San Francisco against Pittsburgh, and Matt Bosher do not start him. He has a groin injury. We're going to take a break and get into rankings in just a minute with some 60-second rankings disputes. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. 60 seconds on the clock, kind of. Let's debate. All right, this will be Dave versus Heath. Dave has Matthew Stafford, ninth. Heath has Stafford, 23rd. And Jamie has him right in the middle, 16th. Uh, Heath, low on Stafford. 
Yeah, I'm just not my, sure my opinion has changed that much on Matthew Stafford. He was awesome against the Free Space Cardinals, but last week, 245, two touchdowns, two interceptions against the Chargers. This is kind of a prove-it week for me. There are a lot of good quarterbacks. I really haven't moved Matthew Stafford that much in my expectation. I'm buying right back into him. First of all, this Eagles defense hasn't been great. They allowed over 320 yards and three touchdowns apiece to Matt Ryan and Case Keenum in week one. Stafford hasn't been spotless, like you said, but he's still getting 8.4 yards per attempt. 65% of his passes, and I think the Lions are shifting their identity offensively. They got rid of C.J. Anderson. He's not a passing downs back. They want to throw the ball around a little bit more. I think Stafford's in line to be a top 10 quarterback this week. Oh, all right. Good stuff. Matthew Stafford, we will preview that game tomorrow. Let's do James Conner now at San Francisco. Jamie versus Dave. Jamie, you have Conner 11th. Dave has him 19th. This is PPR. Conner off to a bad start this year, but uh, Jamie, you've got him in the top 12. So we'll start with you. Heath, by the way, is in the middle at 14th. Go ahead, Jamie. I just expect uh, Mason Rudolph to check down a lot to James Conner, just knowing that he's going to, you know, be a little bit skittish in the pocket. And so, uh, I mean, obviously this is contingent on James Conner being healthy, but I think you, you see that a lot of times with young quarterbacks. They find a safety valve, a reliable option. And I like the fact that Conner is a very good pass-catching running back that I think they've underutilized through two games. Yeah, so I, Connor is good. He's just not great. I'm worried about Jalen Samuels taking work away, and I think Vance McDonald is going to be that checkdown guy for Mason Rudolph. San Francisco's run defense looked much better to me last week than it did in week one. They're back at home, and I think they'll sell out to stop Connor and force Mason Rudolph to throw. That's why I've got Connor as a number two running back and not a number one guy. All right, I'll skip Frank Gore since we already got to him, a little, and we'll talk about him later. How about Calvin Ridley? Oh, man, Heath, you have Calvin Ridley 26th. Dave has him 11th and Jamie 16th. So we'll go, uh, we'll go Dave versus Heath here. Calvin Ridley at Indianapolis. Heath, you can start. You're the low guy outside the top 24 with Ridley. Yeah, I project the volume to be closer to what it was in week one when he caught four passes for 64 yards. I've got him for five for 60 this week. And then it just comes down to whether he scores a touchdown. This is not me hating on Calvin Ridley. He is amongst a group of wide receivers. You know, that really ranges from right about where Jamie has him all the way down to number 30 that are all within about a point and a half in the projections. It's just whether or not he scores a touchdown. I don't think he's going to score a touchdown every single week. So uh, he's a fine number two. Bless you, Dirk Cutter. You've done an amazing job so far mm -hmm. in Atlanta, and I expect it to keep happening. Look, defenses are in a bind because they've got to defend against Julio. And Ridley, Ridley has proven to have that great deep speed. Matt Ryan and his offensive line, that line can pass protect. They can't run block very well. And I think this could be a sneaky high scoring game between the Colts and the, and the Falcons. Atlanta's going to do their thing. Calvin Ridley's going to do his. I don't see how you can get away from starting him. All right. So Jamie's got him 16th, Dave 11th, and Heath 26th. That's Calvin Ridley. And finally, DJ Moore. So we, we got into this. This will be Jamie versus Heath. Heath's the high guy on Moore. Eighth in PPO. Eighth. Whee! And Jamie, 31st, <laughs> Dave, 28th, for what it's worth. Jamie, tell Heath he's crazy. I, I'm Look, I, I think it's – I kind of go back to what Heath was saying about Calvin Ridley. There's a group of receivers that, like, you know, through from 20 through, like, 35 that I think can all play very well. Eight's a little too high. You know, I, I think, like, where Sportsline has him is probably as high as I would go at, at 22. Um, I'm just – like, he hasn't scored through two games. And I think you have to expect that, you know, the – the seven for 70, whatever it was in week one, and, and you know, eight for, or what was it, eight for 90, eight for 89 in, in week two. I would probably just knock that down a little bit, you know, with, with Allen if he's the starter. The defense is terrible, but, you know, the quarterback may be terrible also. So 
it's just looking at it as like my expectations for him would probably be like six for 70. And that puts him closer to, you know, probably 25 ish in PPR. Yeah, there are there are only two wide receivers with more targets than DJ Moore so far this season, Michael Thomas and Keenan Allen. There are two other guys that have as many targets as he does. None of those other guys get to play the Cardinals this week. Uh, I expect double-digit targets once again. I do think he gets into the end zone this week. I love me some DJ Moore this I week. Think it's cr- I think it's like so bold to put him eighth with Kyle Allen playing. Um, like, Why not just put him like I don't, 15th? Like, I don't... I, I don't like Cam Newton has been really I like Cam Newton a lot. I'm not saying but it's a, the back it's, order. He's it's, been bad. It's a trust factor though. Norv Turner would trust an injured Cam Newton probably more so than he would trust a healthy Kyle Allen. This is going to be a Christian McCaffrey game, I think, more so than anything else, as much as they want to just lean on him. And then I think it's it's beating up at the position that's beat up this team, which is Greg Olson. I yeah, I mean Look, I, I'm just eighth because it just could go so poorly with Kyle <laughs> Allen, you know, eighth. All right, Heath, you He's know eighth. what? I applaud because because you could take the easy way out and make him like 18th and be like, oh, yeah, I said start him. But you are all in and that is awesome. Good for you. OK, let's so we got the start meter. We got the games to get to. If we could do a little trade talk for just a few minutes, I want I got some guys that I want to ask you about. Just buy, sell, hold. And basically, if you say buy. Uh, either it means in the context of you'd buy low or you just, you know, believe in the guy, basically. Sell, you don't believe in the production. See what you can get or hold. Let's just see where it's going. So let's start with Chris Carson. Chris Carson is RB9 in PPR. He has nine catches in two games, but has uh, maybe a bit of a fumble problem, as Ben Gretsch pointed out. Chris Carson, buy, sell, hold. 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 For sure, hold. James Conner, averaging 2.6 yards per carry, only 21 carries in two games, but seven catches in two games. Buy, sell, hold. Buy. If hold, you hold, it's a hold if you have him, and a buy if somebody's sick of him already. Maybe they're nervous about the knee, and they'll trade him to you cheap. Why wouldn't you be nervous about James Conner? I mean, without. I don't think he's in danger of losing his job. He's just got the the injury. The I'm just to deal with. I'm not going to sell probably what is his right. point of the season. Exactly. With both of these running backs, That's you can't you sell them. Okay. Whoa. Yeah, but I don't know if I'm buying Carson either. Give me give me a running back that you think Connor is sort of equivalent to right now, rest of season. Joe Mixon? I'd rather have Connor than Mixon. Um, me too. But I mean, you know, two yeah, guys that are close. You, two guys that were drafted in the first fifteen overall picks that are yeah. gotten off to slow start. I still, I still think highly of Connor. I've got him ahead of Carson, Fournette, Mixon. Um, this is going to sound crazy to people because Eckler's the number one running back in fantasy, but we just don't know about Melvin Gordon and how he'll impact Eckler. But I've got him higher than Eckler. I'll say David Johnson. They're wow. they're back to back. I got Johnson a little bit higher than Connor. On the okay. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, wide receiver three in PPR, leads the NFL in red zone targets, second most targets inside the five. Emmanuel Sanders, buy, sell, hold. I think he's a great sell because he's playing great right now. You drafted him late. You probably have him as your third or fourth wide receiver. If you're if you're not in dire straits at that position, you can trade him to get help somewhere else from someone who is in dire straits at wide receiver. So, yep. Okay. Uh, how about Larry Fitzgerald? He leads the NFL in targets inside the 10-yard line, and he has the third most targets in the NFL, and so far he's wide receiver 13. Larry Fitzgerald. So, I would sell if I thought I could get something good in return, but I think he can keep it up. Oh, I don't disagree with that, but same thing with Sanders. You know, you're, you're getting something that is someone you got with a probably a later round pick, and 
you're getting just unbelievable production from it. So if you can get some help elsewhere, it's not a bad idea to sell. I'm actually going to buy Larry. Because, but why wouldn't I? I'm, I'm, Larry's been my guy for for, that, for my entirety of my employment at CBS. I just the way they're targeting him down the field, yep. the fact that they've thrown 94 passes through two games, the high volume offense. He I, he may just be a top 12 wide receiver. There. And and Kyler is making some unreal throws. If you go back and watch the Baltimore game, just some tight window back foot crazy pants throws. It's, it's a mixed combination between those and then like Josh Allen throws. Who do you it's like kind better? Of dumb luck too, but it it. It's amazing. Happens San- too much. To Sanders or Fitzgerald rest of season. Larry. Fitzgerald. I think it's got to be Larry. Okay. You know, if you don't really have any interest in watching the game tonight, like you wish something could spice it up for you, why don't you try going to FanDuel? You can play one-game contests on FanDuel. It's pretty cool. You can also play the full slate of games or the Sunday main slate. That's what we talk about the most. There are $1 contests. There are high-stakes contests. You can play 50-50s where half the uh, half the uh, contest wins. Or you can play tournaments where not that many people win, but you win a lot more. I play both. So get on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash FFT. Sign up, deposit 20 bucks, and get $20 in site credit. So that's all you got to do at FanDuel.com slash FFT. Look, you're bummed because you have Drew Brees or Ben Roethlisberger or you put all your stock in Eli Manning this year, right? Go to FanDuel. Get any quarterback you want. Start Patrick Mahomes this week. Start Lamar Jackson if you want. But I'll tell you why. It might not be the greatest idea in a little bit. But, you know, you can do it. You can make any lineup you want on FanDuel. You just got to fit it within the budget. You can make great teams. You compete against other people who love fantasy football and get to test your wits and your skills at fantasy football. It is so fun, and I love it. So sign up for FanDuel now. Get $20 in total bonus. Just make your first deposit of 20 bucks to get started and get an extra $5 in site credit every week for four weeks. That's FanDuel.com slash FFT or download the FanDuel app. FanDuel.com slash FFT. Startometer, 0 to 10. Frank Gore against Cincinnati. 10. Wow. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I thought you were asking how many years until he was a member of AARP. <laughs> uh, so five. Six and a half. Okay. Uh, how about Josh Allen at Buffalo or against eight. Cincinnati? Eight. Eight is a good number. John Ross, eight touchdowns in nine games without A.J. Green. Solid six, Adam. Four. 4.5. I just want to give my favorite stat of the week. Uh, I'll give it in a second. I have to get it. Sony Michelle against the Jets. Nine. Ten in non-PPR, six in PPR. Sure. Stat of the game for Cincinnati-Buffalo. Buffalo has allowed two pass plays of 20-plus yards so far this year. It's the second fewest in the NFL. Last year, they allowed the fewest pass plays of 40-plus of, uh, mm-hmm. yards. They don't give mm-hmm. up big plays. Cincinnati right. already has... Defense. Yeah, they already have three pass plays of 40-plus yards. John Ross already has three touchdowns of 33 or more yards. So it is big play John Ross against a team that just does not give them up. And I'm very interested in that matchup. Uh, James White against the Jets. Six. One in non-PPR and five in PPR. Seven in PPR, one in none. Mm, just a five in PPR Interest for Jamie. Interesting. All right, we'll get to that game. Robbie Anderson. Nope. Negative three. Okay. Jamison Crowder. One. Nope. Negative two. One. 
Chris Thompson at Chicago. 3.1415927. Is that a home game? Mm-hmm. What's that game? That game's in Washington. Seven, it's a home game. Seven in PPR, uh, one in none. Terry McLaurin. Five. Three. 4.6. Allen Robinson. Five. Seven. That equals 12. Uh, five. Five. All right. David Montgomery. Seven. Seven. Eight. Tariq Cohen. Three. Zero in non-PPR and four in PPR. Seven in PPR, one in non-PPR. Is this, it? Is this your last stand with Tariq Cohen? I don't know why my last stand. He was a good start in week one. Like, he was yeah, good he was. in one week, not good another week. So, like, it, he's the same as James White and Chris Thompson. If you play the game script thing, though, like, they were trailing in week one, and he had eight catches and a lot of them late. Uh, they were they won in week two. It was a close game. If they beat Washington handily here, is that isn't that bad for Tariq Cohen? Not unless he's part of the reason they beat him badly. It's a it's a gamble. I mean, look, it's it's uh it, this is the thing you have to deal with with these pass catching running backs. Is you know you have to hope for an eight for forty game. Was that what he was? Yeah, something like that. Um, he had twelve PPR points. Yeah, I don't know if that was a start. Uh, week one. Yeah. Okay, Baltimore, Kansas City. Let's get let's get to it here. So Baltimore, like their pass defense, might not be that great. They they don't have Nickelback Tavon Tavon Young for the year. Jimmy Smith's hurt. They've had some issues in their secondary. Their safety Tony Jefferson said the errors are fixable. So Patrick Mahomes is the number one quarterback for everybody. So whatever. But let, let's let's actually flip it to Baltimore first, um, offensively. And here's your stat of the game for this game. In ten home games. Kansas City allowed more than 22 fantasy points this last year in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues only once. That was their first home game of the year. It was against Jimmy Garoppolo. Rivers, Jackson, Brady, Luck all failed to score more than 22 fantasy points. So this, I, I, there's also this stat, which is a little deceiving, but last year the Chiefs gave up 34.6 points per game on the road, 23.3 points per game at home. But they had a better, they had an easier schedule at home. Uh, but anyway, do you still love Lamar Jackson this week? Yes. Yep. I don't like him as much as I did last week. Um, he's still a top five quarterback. I'm don't, I'm not planning on using him in DFS, and I'm a little bit concerned, Adam, that like this number you're giving. I think there's a chance this game's a little more low scoring than what the Vegas number says it is. What's the Vegas line? Fifty five. I think it dropped to fifty three. Down to fifty three now, so the the betters seem to agree. I would okay. take the over. I, I would absolutely take. The oh, over. it's down to fifty two and a half now. It's dropped two and a half points. Yeah, I I may have to consider firing off a wager there. I, I think the offensive line can protect Jackson when he goes back to throw. I don't think the secondary for Kansas City is very good. I think he's got speedy receivers just like Kansas City has. And uh, I, I checked to see how on target his passes were. I checked in with the guys at Sports Info Solution. Seventy-seven percent of his throws are are uh, on target. This this will, that's pretty good for him. It's not great for like NFL, you know, the elite caliber quarterbacks. They're in the nineties, but for him, that's better than I would have thought it would be. I would have been yeah, a month ago when I was talking badly about Lamar Jackson. He's off to another great start. It's another great matchup for him. I think I think he's a must start, and I love Marquise right. Brown too. By the way, all right, yeah. So so you're starting starting Lamar Jackson. The only players that we have ranked ahead of Jackson are Mahomes, Mahomes and Dak for Dave, 
Mahomes, Dak, and Brady for Heath. Mark Ingram, on the other hand, might be some disagreement on. He is not involved in the passing game. He had uh, two catches in week two. He had none in week one. So, you know, good start, great start. How do you feel about Mark Ingram? He's a star of the week. Yeah, hey. I think that tells you. That, that should tell you what, you what you need to know. Okay, well, hope it goes better than last week. We don't need any season-ending injuries. <laughs> he got banged up last week. <laughs> no, no, no. You I mean, mean the start of the week? Yeah, yeah he Berger. got banged up too. Yes, he did. Okay, so but Heath, you have him a little lower, around 20th. I don't love him in PPR, um, and I worry a little bit about how many points they're going to put up in this game, and if they're playing from behind, how much involvement he has. That's the thing. We haven't seen that. You know, so we don't know. And and I think, you know, you look at last year, the way that the Ravens played the Chiefs, again, it was in Baltimore, is, and I think the way most teams are going to try and play the Chiefs is you slow the game down. You know, you try and <clears throat> keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands and, you know, dominate time of possession. And they ran for over five yards per carry with the combination of Gus Edwards and Kenneth Dixon. Dixon scored a touchdown. Um, I, I, I think you look at the two games for the Chiefs so far, Leonard Fournette had 80 total yards. Uh, clearly, they lost the quarterback in that game. You know, Josh Jacobs had 99 rushing yards, got hurt in the game. You know, it, it's hard to say, like, where their defense is at in terms of, you know, the two offenses that they faced so far. Um, I, I think, you know, what Baltimore is going to try and do is be physical with them offensively and and lean on Mark Ingram as much as they can. And, and I, I was encouraged the fact that he had the two catches last week after not needing him to catch the ball in week one against Miami when he ran for 100 sure. yards and two touchdowns. So it, it's it's really sort of a... I, I think an unknown what his passing game production could be. I don't expect him to be Tariq Cohen, the best pass catching running back of all time, you know, with uh, his eight catches in week one. But I think he can be four catches as we saw from him in New Orleans when things were going well. That's that's on the high end, you know, but I think if he gets, you know, two for 30 and the chance to run for 80 yards and score a touchdown, I think that's kind of where he'll be. Cool. All right. So uh, Mark Ingram. He's a little. He's the low guy. Twenty seventh PPR, twentieth and non PPR. But Dave and Jamie have Ingram as a solid start. Would you give any consideration to starting in a PPR league, Marquise Brown, Demarcus Robinson, or Nicole Hardman over Mark Ingram? Yes, definitely. Marquise Brown definitely sure. Marquise Brown. Yeah, I think he's got a great opportunity. Okay. I love Marquise Brown this week. I, I think I might like Marquise Brown every week. Okay, so Marquise Brown's a must-start at this point? I've got him as a number two receiver. I've got him at 20 in PPR. He's borderline number one for me. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like I'm too low. I think I'm the low guy on him as well. I've got him 29 in PPR. I think he'll be good. He's right in that same range as Calvin Ridley. I hope he scores a touchdown. Okay. And then uh, Mark Andrews, we're starting. It's interesting, though, that you like DJ Moore so much with his backup quarterback compared to Marquise Brown, who also had a big target spike last week. And we don't know, again, you know, they played the paper dolphins in week one like what the targets could potentially continue to be for him yeah i'm just gonna take the guy who got double digit targets both weeks as opposed to the one that that didn't and i'm a little bit i'm just a little bit worried about the oh I, I i understand it's just you know looking at just a two-game sample size and yeah. you know for a, a guy that may be better than dj Moore. i i would be encouraged by what we saw from brown in week two he went from 14 snaps to over 50 he ran almost 40 routes in the game it was a more competitive game and he sure and he just he's got speed that's uncoverable well there isn't anybody on and i don't know if there's anybody in the league that can cover this guy 
Yeah, but so it's if not. Lamar it's Jackson not, has time to throw. It's it's gonna work. It's not just that, but you want to talk about the targets. I mean, he's got he had a third of Lamar Jackson's targets in week one, and a fourth of Lamar Jackson's targets in week two. Lamar Jackson is basically only throwing to Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews. They have combined for thirty-five targets on fifty. Well, on sixty-three passes, if you include um, RG three. So that is more than fifty percent of the team's targets going to two players, and they. They may have to throw more in this game. Start Mark Andrews. He is top four in non-PPR. He is top five in PPR. Patrick Mahomes, number one overall. What are you doing with the uh, with the Chiefs running backs here? Like, it's not a good matchup. I don't know that that actually matters, but give me the basic guidelines for what we're doing with the Chiefs running backs. Williams in PPR is really the only one I'm considering. I don't think the Chiefs are going to have much success running the ball against Baltimore. They gave up like 1.8 yards per carry, and they couldn't run the ball very effectively against but the Oakland Raiders. Again, it's what the Ravens have played. You know, That's true. They, they played JV team. In well, sure, but the Chiefs played the Raiders, so well, they couldn't I, run against them. I, I, I do think you know the, the Raiders may be a better run defense than we think. You know, they the did Ravens, a pretty decent though? job. But worse than the no, Ravens. No, 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 no. But I, I think from the Chiefs' perspective is, if you, you, at this point, you want one of the two guys to miss and one to play. You, you know, either way, you, you want Damian Williams to sit and you get Lashawn McCoy and see how that goes. You want McCoy to sit and then see how Damian Williams goes. None of them is a is a slam dunk start by any stretch. Uh, they're flexes. So I, I think it's just a matter of it helps the scenario if one guy is out of the of the two main ones. If they're both out, you know, Andy Reid was very complimentary of Darwin Thompson yesterday, and I I still think he would be the better of the two comparatively to Daryl Williams. While Williams may play more, it's almost like the the Bills situation. You know, Devin Singletary's got a much higher ceiling than Frank Gore when they're both on the field. Yeah, I just need to clarify something because, you know, at the top of the show, I said we were all looking to pick up Daryl Williams. Dave said, why not Chris Thompson? Well, or Darwin Thompson. Darwin, Darwin Thompson. Yeah, he's 54% owned, Darwin Thompson. Daryl Williams was basically unowned. So that was why I was picking up Daryl Williams. But also, Andy Reid made a comment about, you know, that Darwin Thompson needs to know the pass protection. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully he, have an update on this. Here's what, here's what Andy Reid said. Um, I, have the, I have the quote right in front of me. As long as I feel like... I want to see this started. Oh, here it is. Uh, so he wants to make sure he knows his assignments as a pass block before he gets a lot of playing time. As long as I feel like he knows what he's doing, I'm good with it. He'll stick it up in there and hit you. It's just a matter of seeing it. He's, he's young, so he hasn't seen everything there is to see. He's getting there. I feel comfortable with him in there. And he looked good as a pass protector in the preseason. Very good. I believe in a Chiefs running back even in a bad matchup. I just because I when I looked at their bad matchups last year, they had two running backs, Ware and Damian Williams, who had. But last big week games. was an indication about how bad they both can be when there's two of them splitting time. Yeah, I guess so. But but sure. But last year, Ware and Williams both did well against Baltimore. They both scored 17 or more fantasy points in PPR. I just think you're going to need some pass production. Uh, all right, how about the uh, how about the wide receivers? Sammy Watkins, everybody's going to start, I assume. But what about Hardman and Robinson, who are both still available in like 40% of leagues? I think you still look at Robinson over Hardman, but they're both wild cards. You know, I mean, you're still talking about, they took their foot off the gas. So, you know, six targets could end up being 12 in a competitive game, you know, for both those guys. Now that's unrealistic that both will get that high of a target share. But one of these guys has a good chance to score. It's just a matter of which one, you know, has the breakaway play and which one is left uncovered with all the creative schemes and Andy Reid's going to throw at you. So it's uh, it, it's they're number three receivers in three receiver leagues. They're flex options in two receiver leagues, especially PPR. 
but it's not a slam dunk situation for either one. And the only reason why I've got Robinson ahead of Hardman is because he can do more. Like we haven't seen Hardman do anything other than run the go route. Maybe a couple of screens. We also haven't seen him do anything in the backfield yet too. So that's something that's coming. That I, I would say be. Hardman could do more. Rod Robinson's a more polished receiver, I think is what you're getting at. Sure. And just the way that he can go up and fight defensive backs for 50, 50 balls. And he's got speed too. He's, he's somebody that the Ravens are going to have a hard time covering and they're going to have to give him single coverage because they're not going to want to get burned by Sammy. What they're probably going to end up doing is playing a little bit more zone than they're used to doing. Baltimore likes to be a man-to-man type of cover team. I don't know if they can get away with doing that here. Yeah, okay. we, we talked to Brian McFadden yesterday in the Pick 6 podcast, and he thinks they're going to get up and just play bump and run on everybody like the Patriots did. Really? He said that's what they should I think they could get, they're going to get burned. Just get up. Well, he said work for the Patriots for three and a half quarters in the playoffs. It worked for the Ravens for three yeah. and a half quarters last right. year, too. I, I talked to Eric Weddle about it at the Pro Bowl, and he said, we had the perfect game plan, and then Mahomes became Mahomes. Yeah, but their secondary is so, not as good now. Oh, at least totally, a, a totally agree. That's it, part of the reason it, why it, I think zone it, makes I sense. think the biggest thing is their pass rush isn't the same either. You know, so mm-hmm. you can get by in, in the secondary comparatively to without. If you have a good pass rush, you get by. Their pass rush isn't the same. All right, we're so going to sure. Guys, gonna let's blitz, wrap up. Play more let's now. wrap up here on this game. Start Travis Kelsey and avoid the DSTs. And Demarcus Robinson, by the way, is now 75% owned, but Hardman is still like 57% owned. We got six more games coming up here, um, and we'll compare Robinson and Hardman to other players as we go along. But one thing that you cannot compare anything to when it comes to buying tickets is the SeatGeek app. You know I got that SeatGeek app on my phone. You know I tell everybody about it. All my friends and family use the SeatGeek app when they want to go to a game, concert, comedy, theater. That is the truth. It is just the best. It is just going to get you better prices because it's about competition. It goes, it finds sites, it finds tickets from all over the web. That's the thing. You don't have to go out and search all these different places. You let SeatGeek do it for you. You know, ticketing websites, they make getting to the event difficult. They don't care about the customer, but SeatGeek does. That's why SeatGeek has over 50,000 five-star reviews. That's great customer satisfaction. So SeatGeek pulls together all these tickets, rates each deal on a scale of 1 to 10, puts them on an interactive seat map, makes it really easy for you to find those great values. You look for the big green dots. Those are the best values. Every purchase fully guaranteed. You can shop for tickets with confidence. I can't tell you how many times I've used SeatGeek. It's basically all I use now. So just start using the SeatGeek app. I've gone to Yankees games, Hurricanes, everything. Concerts, all the time, SeatGeek. So if you want 10 bucks off your first purchase, use the SeatGeek app and use the promo code FFT. Download the SeatGeek app and the promo code is FFT for 10 bucks off your first purchase. One more time, promo code FFT on SeatGeek. $10 off your first purchase. Well, that is going to do it for the video portion of Fantasy Football Today. For you audio listeners, get excited for Rams at Browns. Thank you for uh, to our video crew for doing such an awesome job. And make sure you're watching us, youtube.com slash Today, especially on Sunday nights. We get those videos out, videos out nice and early. All right, audio, for, uh, audio portion coming up next. Thanks for tuning in. Rams at Browns. Fun game, Sunday night football here. Do we trust the Rams offense? Sure. Yeah, you're kind of being you're feeling nervous about them, huh? Yeah, I'm feeling nervous about golf. I mean, last year he was a lot better at home than he was on the road. He already laid one egg at uh, on the road this year. He came pretty close to laying an egg at home in week two. And then Cooper Cup broke off a long pass play and golf had the quarterback sneak. Like I said, one touchdown pass in in nine of his last 10 games. So uh, he said more than one touchdown pass in nine of his last 10. 
No. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Sorry. He had, last week he had two total touchdowns. Yeah. That was the second time in his last 10 that he's had multiple touchdowns. Right. But, you know, but not passing. So um, how could I not be nervous about Jared Goff? But you guys have him ranked right around 12th. I think this is a prove-it game for him, believe it or not. Or else the Rams are going to bench him? No, unless I'm going to bench him. Because I can find another quarterback that I'll feel more confident in moving forward. Right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. You guys have him as a as a borderline starter. Would you start Josh Allen or Jared Goff? I Josh go Allen. Allen. I go Stafford too. I definitely go Goff over Stafford. I would too. Yeah, how about uh, how about Baker Mayfield or Jared Goff? Goff. Goff. Goff for me. Yeah. As much as we might be concerned about Jared Goff, he, he's not looked as bad as Baker, and Goff has a much better matchup than Baker does. I, I'm not sure he's going to be able, even if. Even if things were hunky dory with him, I'm not sure if this is even a game where he's just going to throw up 300 yards and three touchdowns. I don't know if they have to do that. They seem to be a little bit more ball control minded than before. Okay. So is Todd Gurley a must start? Yes. You're starting him. Yeah, you got to start him. Okay. How about the wide receivers? Through two games, Cooper Cup has 19 targets, Robert Woods has 15, and Brandon Cooks has 10. So how Cooks we, only has five catches. Is that right? Yeah, on ten targets. Yeah, I I don't think this is the week that Cooks like exerts himself as the number one in this offense. But I'm probably starting. It's it's tough for me to sit Brandon Cooks. I'm I'm definitely starting Cup and Woods though. I agree. And I've got Cooks at twenty two, Woods at twenty five, Cup at twenty seven in PPR. Oh, so you've got Cooks at the best. I have Cooks the best, but they're all like right in that low end number two receiver range. Yeah, I've got I, them all think, as high end number. I two. think Cups the best. Yeah, they're all. I feel like they're all going to be ranked pretty similarly each week, uh, as they were in the preseason. Apparently, Denzel Ward is struggling a little bit. That's Cleveland's yes. second-year cornerback. Yep, their secondary has not been great thus far. Um, but obviously, their pass rush is quite good. Okay, so Baker Mayfield, who who would you start over him other than Josh Allen that you may have picked up off waivers? Garoppolo, Rivers, Kyler, Brissett. Wow. Okay. Uh, Kyler, for, for me, I think may, may be the only one. Um, I'd start Jameis over Baker. Yep. All right, try to get away from Baker Mayfield. Nick Chubb is a must-start, just for fun. Chubb or Gurley? Chubb. Chubb. Uh, Chubb. Chubb, Chubb. Beckham, must-start. Starter, sit Jarvis Landry, who does have seven targets in both games. Sit. Sit, I'd, city. I'd rather sit him. Would you start Jarvis Landry or... A Chiefs wide receiver not named Sammy Watkins. Charles Landry over both. I would, I would go with the Chiefs receivers because I think they have more upside. The one thing that you can say about Landry is that more targets could go his way and more middle of the field work can be his with Njoku not on the field. That's a good point. Although Njoku barely played in, in week two and Landry didn't do much. Now, Ben Gretsch didn't get to make this point yesterday. He wanted to. I'll make it for him. Heath, I'm not sure if you remember exactly what, what it was, but he had talked about in the preseason that the average depth of target for Jarvis Landry had gone up in 2018 with the Browns. He wasn't run, he was running deeper routes. That didn't really fit his skill set. So we were hopeful, or he was at least, that with Beckham aboard, Landry would start running shorter routes and it would lead to, you know, more vintage Jarvis Landry. Has not happened. He's still running deeper routes, and that's just not what you want to see Jarvis Landry doing. Uh, it'll be interesting because right now, everyone is running deeper routes. Uh, you watch the Browns offense and there's just not on a lot of plays, a short dump off play, unless maybe it's the running back after he throws a chip block. 
And I think that's part of the reason that Baker Mayfield's taking so many hits. So I wonder if they'll change that a little bit. His highest dot average depth of target in Miami was 7.4 yards. It's 11.4 this year. Uh, all right, anything else here? The, the DSTs, are we interested in the DSTs? The Rams might qualify as a top 15 unit. Yeah, I'd start the Rams. They're fine. Easy enough. Atlanta at Indianapolis. Stat of the game. You know, Brissett's not throwing much, but he is throwing to T.Y. Hilton. He has 27% of the team's targets with 15 targets in two games, which really, I mean, it's not that much, but it's a lot for this for the Colts. Eric Ebron's second on the team with only seven targets, so T.Y. Hilton a target hog so far. Um, but we start with the Falcons here. Eh, actually, I guess we should probably transition to the Colts if you, that's our stat of the game, right? So let's start with the Colts. Jacoby Brissett, start or sit this week? I don't want to start him in seasonal fantasy, but I might roll with him in DFS because I like the matchup at home. I like the way he's been playing. I know it hasn't been huge numbers, but he, he should have had three touchdowns each of the first two games. If you just lost your starting quarterback and now you have to be a streamer and you couldn't get Josh Allen, I think Brissett's the best, just about the best option available. Atlanta this week, Oakland week four, at Kansas City in week five. I like his floor, but I worry about his ceiling. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. He he is, he does have five red zone touchdowns. No other quarterback has more than three red zone touchdowns. And and that's something that I thought would change, but they did that last year as well. They, they were pretty pass heavy. Okay. That they, they like him. Well, he's, think he's a righteous if, dude. If Marlon Mack is out. What happens? Yeah. yeah, but I will say this. He's only eighth in red zone pass attempts and only three passes inside the 10-yard line so far for Brissett, but all three of them were touchdowns. So he's been very efficient. Um, and, then, and then there's Marlon Mack. So we know game script is important for Marlon Mack. I gave the stat last week about how he didn't really do very well in losses. And there hadn't been many of them since he took over as the full-time back. Well, his week one game was amazing. Uh, yes. That was a competitive game. It, it wasn't was a, a play-from-behind type of game. Well, they were trailing. But were they trailing big in the first half? So, they stuck, they're sticking to the run. He leads the NFL in carries right now. So if he plays, you're starting. He yes. was my start of the week before he popped up on the injury report yesterday. So they, they lost week one. They're one and one, right? They lost week one and one. They week lost two. it overtime in week one, but they had to come from behind to get there. And it was based, they basically, the, the comeback turned on when he had the 64 yard run. Mm -hmm. Whatever okay. it was. Yeah. And he's getting, he's getting the work. 20 carries in week two, 25 in week one. At least it should be a close game, right? Where they, where he's not going to be taken out of it. Correct. No, they should, they should easily be in this. I mean, they're going to be in most games. They're, they're, their defense is, is improved. Their offensive line's amazing. They're going to lean on their run game. I mean, this is what Marlon Mack is going to be. And so it's uh, this is why I worry about with with uh, Brissett with the ceiling. Like, there, he's not going to be a 40-attempt a, a type of guy or a 35-attempt type of guy. So he's going to have to rely on touchdowns. And I think you'll, you know, we'll, we'll see what they do in terms of Mack's health. If Mack is not there, does that open things up in the passing game a little bit more? Okay, if Mack plays, would you start him or Mark Ingram? Ingram. Uh, Ingram slightly, but it's close. I just, I'm, I'm worried now that, you know, 45 carries through two weeks, is he going to break down? Uh, well, yeah, he's already hurt. <laughs> right. So yeah. Would you start Mac or um, Matt Breida? Mac. 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 Okay. How about, uh, well, the, it's just Hilton. Hilton is a, Hilton is a, he a must start? Yes. Yep. 
Jamie, you're somewhat low on him. 21st in non-PPR, 25th in PPR. I mean, I think we saw last week what kind of is, is the potential struggles. What do you have, like 4 for 40 in touchdown? Yeah, 43. Right. So I, 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 you're seeing a quarterback that's, what, 27, 20 attempts his first two weeks? Yep. So it's, it's the concern of how many targets is T.Y. Hilton getting? And I don't see them chasing points. You're seeing a game last week where he didn't catch a ball, break two tackles, and then scooch his way to the end zone. Right. Well, I mean, he, he scored. One. You know, that's that's encouraging. Right, but it wasn't two. It was one, and it was with yeah, mild numbers. I, like, I think he's in the in the same discussion as DJ Moore. I think he's in the same discussion as even somebody like Nelson Aguilar. So DJ Moore, top ten receiver. Uh, now, um, but uh, that's why I think we talked about Hilton as a sell high. He he had forty three yards in week two. He led the team in receiving. Starter said Eric Ebron. And actually, which tight end do you like better, Ebron or Hooper? Hooper. Hooper. You know what I'm going to say. You're going to say Ebron, aren't you? No, you don't. Hooper and PPR. <laughs> Hooper drives the boat, Chief. Yeah. E- Ebron probably and non. How about Ebron or Greg Olson with a backup? Olson. Olson. Um, Olson. Okay. Hooper or Olson? Olsen. Uh, Olsen. How much do you uh, like Matt Ryan this week? Let's go to the Falcons. You're starting him. For sure. Um, you want to hear something funny? Yeah. So the Athletic did a great profile of Quentin Nelson, who may be the best player in football. I know it's saying a lot because the quarterbacks are amazing, but wow. he's just unbelievable. Best player in football. He yeah, he's not the best player in football. At four years, at, how old was he? In the third grade, he was eight years old. He was four foot 11, 108 pounds. Oh, holy cow. That sounds like me. At at 10 years old, they wouldn't let him play peewee football because they afraid he was going to hurt somebody. Jeez. It's such a great profile. I highly recommend it. That's cool. That's offensive lineman for the Colts, um, who's not protecting for Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, great start, he, good Matt start. Matt Ryan wishes he was. He's a good start. You start him. Okay. So, uh, Devontae Freeman, what are we doing with this guy? He has been terrible so far. It's a good bounce back spot for him. I think, you know, you, you look at the Colts and what they've done against the run the first two weeks, it hasn't been good. And especially if Darius Leonard is out, that's the key. If Leonard is out, I think it's it's very easy to buy back into Devontae Freeman. If Leonard plays, it's a little bit more difficult. This offensive line, as Dave said, they haven't done a good job run blocking. And Neil Smith has clearly been a factor. But I like the fact that he's gotten four targets each of the last two weeks. So hopefully they continue to involve him in the passing game. And I think, again, you look at the, what the, the Colts' run defenses look like against Austin Eckler and Derrick Henry. They've had really, really tough time stopping those two guys. I don't like that Ito's playing 45% of the snaps. And that's that's been consistent through the first two games. That's basically been Devontae Freeman's career. I know. Well, people were drafting him thinking that he was going to dominate. And we didn't like Ito in the preseason because he looked like he'd never played football before. But now you watch him play. I to dominate. I mean, if you were, you were probably drafting the wrong guy. It was just a matter of which would be the second guy. That was the question. Would it be Ito? Would it be Brian Hill? Would it be Cadre Allison? Well, now we know who the second guy is. And the second guy is playing better than the first guy through the first two weeks of the season. Ito looks like he knows what he's doing. He's running with great patience. He's making chicken salad out of that offensive line. Um, there's this amazing run that he had last week against Philadelphia where he just stops on a dime, changes direction, gets like 20 yards after that. Uh, I would like to have Ito Smith on my bench. I'm not going to start him. Right, but are but, you going to start Freeman? That's the answer. That's the question. He's like a number two running back, Adam. But 
I'd rather start Mixon than Freeman. Me, uh, that's close for me. Yeah, I'll take Freeman over Mixon. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna lose patience with Freeman if he can't get it done in this great matchup. How about tonight's running backs or, or Freeman? Oh, it's by far tonight's. Tonight, agreed. How about Marquise Brown or Freeman? Brown. Brown definitely in PPR. How about Demarcus Robinson or Freeman? Freeman easily. Uh, Freeman. I'll take Robinson in PPR. We already talked about Calvin Ridley, top 10 for Dave and, and Jamie in non-PPR, top 16 in PPR. Heath has him like Heath has him in this big group of wide receivers that he likes, but just uh, 20 ended up being 26th in the rankings. So I'm sure most people are going to start Calvin Ridley coming off of uh, two good games to start the season. And then Austin Hooper is uh, worth starting, but is he behind Darren Waller? Yes. Yes. Is he behind TJ Hawkinson? Yes. I don't think so. Uh, yeah, he uh, is for you, Heath. He's two spots behind. Hooper? Yeah. Yeah, he should not be. He will not be at the end of the day. They're back-to-back for me in PPR. I, I don't see how you can feel good about starting Hooper and non-PPR. Here but we go, PPR, Houston. He could end up getting some good targets. Houston at Los Angeles, the Chargers here. Stat of the game. Houston allows the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers. I know it's only been two games, but they have not been very good. And your quote of the game, this one I just thought was kind of cool. Quote, I feel like I was putting on a clinic, and then to come down to the last play and he makes a play. I know it's completely out of context, but that was Keenan Allen last week talking about his matchup against Darius Slay. So Keenan Allen is crushing it right now, and uh, I might be fan-dueling Keenan Allen. Let's start with the uh, Texans here, the road team. Deshaun Watson is a top-five quarterback. Start him. And what do you do with the Texans running backs, Jamie? You still start Duke Johnson over Carlos Hyde. Hyde's better. Hyde is a better play in non-PPR than he is in PPR, clearly. But um, at flex at best. You know, I, I know he's looked really good in the first two weeks, but I don't want to necessarily overvalue him um, since he's not doing a lot of the things we'd like to see, you know, right? scoring touchdowns and catching the ball. I think he's purely game script dependent. If he's not in a position to get 20 carries and give you the volume to be a decent flex and non-PPR. Well, he's not going to get 20 carries. That's what I'm thinking. Now, I know that the Chargers run defense. Last week, they looked good on the ground against Detroit. But I think everybody's going to look good on the ground versus Detroit's run game. It's the passing game that I think people could give up some numbers. And that's what the Chargers did last week. They gave up a big run to Marlon Mack in week one. I don't think it's an easy matchup there. And I don't think that's where the Texans are going to attack them either. So I would be very shy to use Carlos Hyde this week. Yeah, but Duke's, but, but Duke's Duke, okay. I, like he's in that Tariq Cohen, Chris Thompson, James White conversation as pass catching. The, th- the thing that will be interesting, but he's better than all of them, is how much Kiki QT affects Duke Johnson's targets. Because it kind of looked like last week he did have an impact on that. And if Carlos Hyde's getting majority of the carries and Kiki QT is taking away some of the targets we saw in week one. I'm going to be worried about Duke's value. Okay, DeAndre Hopkins start. Will Fuller, start or sit? Sit. I like him. Sit. I like him as a sleeper this week. This is this is a banged-up Chargers secondary. It's They've true. got a liability with Fasion. Fasson. I'm not sure how to say his last name. Faison. 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 Yeah. That'll work, too. And they're on second-string safeties with Derwin James and Adrian Phillips both hurt. I think I think this is a perfect type of situation for Will Fuller to get some deep targets, and I bet he gets at least three or four. 
His numbers are typically better at home for Fuller. And if you look at what they've done in terms of the Chargers, they've struggled with number one guys as opposed to number two. They're going to struggle with all of them this week. Okay, uh, Austin Eckler, top eight in both formats. Justin Jackson, you know, you're not getting much work there. He's been productive, and hopefully he scores. Um, let's go to the Chargers and Philip Rivers. Oh, I, I skipped. Okay, I. What the hell's the matter with me? I talked about Austin Eckler and Jackson, then I said let's go to the Chargers. Well, anyway, we're on the Chargers. Philip Rivers. How do you like Rivers compared to? I think I already asked you this, but Jared Goff. Start Goff. I'd rather have Goff as of now. I'll All start right. Rivers. Uh, it seems like they're pretty close, they're close in the rankings, except Heath has Rivers low at 18. Not feeling it with Rivers? No, I mean, he's it, fine. It's just that's the end of kind of that tier, and I, I'm not particularly excited about it. He's he's always good at home early in the season. Who's rather go better? with Allen, rather go with Stafford, rather go with Wentz even without Wentz's top two targets in the receiver. Yeah, I'm with court. you on everybody but Stafford. Rivers should be better than Stafford. Who's a better number two receiver, Will Fuller or Mike Williams? I prefer Mike Williams just because like, he made some good plays when he was hurt last week, did drop a couple touchdown passes, but made some some really nice catches as well. I got him for a little bit more in terms of target share with no Hunter Henry there. Hopefully Williams is a full go now. I, either one of them could be top 25 wide receivers, and it wouldn't be like a shocking thing. It's just they've got to catch that touchdown. I agree. Okay. Um, let me see some running backs against you know Fuller versus... I'm just not like I'm going to say all the running backs you're going to say over both Williams and Fuller. Mixon. Yes, Mixon. Peyton Barber. Are we in non PPR? We're in half PPR, buddy. Half PPR. I take the upside with Fuller. I'll take Barber. I'll take Barber too. Carlos Hyde. Barber. Hyde. Barber. No, it's not. Oh, uh, we're going it's Hyde not, versus the Hyde receivers, versus, not Barber. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Hyde versus yeah, I'll take Fuller the receivers Williams. Over. Yeah, I'll take Hyde. All right, how about Frank Gore? Gore. He's ahead of yeah, Gore. He's ahead of Hyde and Barber. Yeah. Okay, Cincinnati at Buffalo. I already told you the stat. Every running back that had 15 or more carries against the Bengals in 2018 had 100 yards or a touchdown, and we're one for one this year with Chris Carson doing that. I also gave you a stat about the big plays. Buffalo doesn't give them up. Cincinnati's had a ton of them so far. Andy Dalton, I'm going to speed things up just for the listeners, just so you all know. Andy Dalton is uh, not even a top 18 quarterback. You want to get away from him. But what about Joe Mixon? What are your expectations for Joe Mixon, who has 17 carries for 27 yards and five catches through two games? I still think you believe in him as a versatile, large workload type of running back. You lower the expectation. You don't have him as a top 12 runner. Buffalo's defense is pretty good. But I think he can still find a way to get you double-digit fantasy points regardless of format. Yeah, I take the under. I think they're having more offensive line woes. Andre Smith is not banged up, too. So it's uh, it could be really, really tough against Buffalo. They've given up production to running backs, but you know, two guys that are playing at a much different level right now with Le'Veon in Week 1 and Saquon last week. Uh, I just don't think Joe Mixon's 100%. His offensive line's not 100%, and he's got to go into Buffalo where they're playing their first home game of the season. So I try to sit him if he can. Okay, fair enough. Tyler Boyd and John Ross. Start Tyler Boyd, flex John Ross. Works for be, me. It's going to be a tough matchup for Ross, I would anticipate, but I, I still think Boyd gets enough targets to where, I mean, if he doesn't score a touchdown, then maybe he doesn't finish quite as high as we have him ranked, but he's a good start. Better in PPR than non-PPR. All righty. Um, Tyler Eifert, any interest? He's top 20. He's, you know. 
if you're screwed at tight end. But you'd rather have Jason Witten than Eifert or no? I would rather have Witten. I prefer Eifert to Witten, but I they're again, he's not in the top 12. They're right kind of the same in that if they don't score a touchdown, they're going to leave you feeling blue. Sure. So Josh Allen, we like the matchup. We like the Bills, right? Josh Allen is top 10. He's ninth for Jamie. He's eighth for Dave and Heath. And, and those rankings could change a little bit, but that's where they are right now. Allen is ahead of Carson Wentz. Not for Heath. One spot behind. He's ahead of Jared Goff. He's ahead of Philip Rivers, Jameis Winston, uh, Russell Wilson. It's close, very close. So start Josh Allen if you need a quarterback this week. I think we've talked enough about the running game here. If Devin Singletary plays, are we are we sitting both guys? I think he's going to say no, but are we sitting well, both guys? I want to clarify. Like I've got Frank Gore as a flex, not a starting running back. So I, I would still probably just be flexing Gore. I wouldn't be excited. Like I'm not forcing him in my lineup. But I just, especially if he's dinged up, I don't know how many touches we can expect him to get. I would run away from both Bills running backs. John Brown, top 20 wide receiver in non-PPR and um, top 22 in PPR. So you want to start John Brown. Cole Beasley, any interest in Cole Beasley? Yeah, deep deep uh, three receiver leagues, PPR. Yeah, we've yeah. seen... Yeah. We've seen three wide receivers, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, and Marquise Goodwin, all have 77 to 89 yards on seven or fewer targets against the Bills, against the um, Bengals. So, you know, something to keep in mind. And Buffalo's DST we like a lot. Bengals have allowed nine sacks in two games. Start the Bills' DST. Final question on this game. How would you rank the wide receivers in this game? Brown, Brown, Boyd, Ross, Beasley. That's I, I'd go Brown Jay over Jones. Boyd in non PPR. In PPR, I'd go Boyd over Brown. Yeah, I'd go Boyd, Brown, Ross, Beasley. Jets at Patriots. Start them all, sit them all, except for Le'Veon. Works for me. Yeah. Although I'm, I, I wouldn't be as emphatic about starting James White and Josh Gordon. I think there's question marks with them. I I'm. Very interested to see the target distribution amongst these wide receivers because if Julian Edelman's getting five targets again, we're going to have to have a serious conversation about whether we can use Julian Edelman. Yeah, it's something. He's not been someone that's particularly productive on a per-target basis, but when he was getting 10 targets per game, that didn't really matter. Um, Hopefully that's not the case, but yeah, I'm I'm concerned about Edelman as a must-start guy. I'm concerned about Gordon starting at all, and uh, yuck. Okay, so would you start James White over Edelman and Gordon? No, definitely not non-PPR. Definitely over Gordon. In PPR, you would start James White over Gordon? Yes, I think James White's probably going to catch more passes than Gordon. Yeah, I agree. Well, who's going to average more yards per (laughs) per catch? I would assume Josh Gordon. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I would this, take Gordon, but I don't feel great about either one. This is not that easy of a game. I mean, it's easy to say start Le'Veon and sit all the Jets, but you know, in peop, in you have two running backs who have like very different value depending on format. So Michelle's starting on PPR, and is he a sit in PPR? Not a sit, just a low end start. Mixon or Michelle in PPR? Michelle. Michelle. Sorny. Mixon or James White. Mixon or Michelle? Mixon. Uh, depends on format. PPR. I don't care. I'll go with Mixon. White. 
Okay, Josh Gordon or uh, or, uh Michael Hardman. Um, Hardman. That's uh, I hate saying Gordon, but Gordon. yeah, then don't. I'm going Say Gordon. Hardman. Go I'm going Hardman. Gordon over both Chargers. How, how uh, other than Sammy Watkins, right? How yes. where do you have Antonio Brown ranked? Twenty-four. Yeah, low in number two receiver. He's so good. Like if he plays, he's gonna be good again. I will just say because I didn't, I don't know if I got a chance to say this or not. His uh, his touchdown was offensive pass interference. You did get a chance to say that, and then I okay. mentioned. His I just you just on- wonder again, like wh- where's the? Is this a foot on the gas type of game for the Patriots, or is it just they could do whatever they want to and and beat them by thirty points anyway? Oh yeah, they are. <laughs> they will. Patriots DSC's top. I mean, the, three. the correct answer to that is yes. 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 <laughs> Uh, Chicago at Washington. Two uh, stat of the game: two presidents kept alligators at the White House. Um, I think it was Herbert Hoover and John Quincy Adams, if I remember correctly. I mean, obviously, two of the best presidents we ever had. TrolleyTours.com. Oh gosh, later Gator. TrolleyTours.com. Thank you for the stat of the game. Sit Trubisky. All right, David Montgomery. Would you start him over a Patriots running back? Not Michelle, but the others, yes. I'd start him over Michelle in PPR. Uh, in non PPR, I'd rather have Michelle. Yeah, I'd rank those Michelle Montgomery White in non PPR and White Montgomery Michelle in PPR. I but do you think Tariq Cohen is... over all in, right? I... No, I've got White. What? Well ahead of Tariq Cohen. What? <laughs> I think this is a get right game for the Bears offense. I, it doesn't mean that they're going to just completely trounce the Redskins, but Washington's allowed three passing touchdowns in consecutive weeks. Yeah, but they face quarterbacks, though. Yeah, I, I think that they're going to try and get Trubisky to actually, you know, throw two touchdowns. They're going to try and get him going. They're going to try and use Montgomery more. They were very conservative last week. It's just not their style. So wouldn't be surprised to see Chicago pull a couple of rabbits out of their hat. Okay. Rabbits out of their head. That's what they say on Monday football. That's what Witten says on Monday <laughs> 16 of 24 for 90 yards. That was Trubisky last week. That's kind of hard to fathom. Allen Robinson. I believe he was followed by Chris Harris last week, and he had four catches for 41 yards. He had 102, cat, uh, 102 yards on 13 targets against Green Bay in week one. Is he better than a Patri- than the Patriots wide receivers, Allen Robinson? Yes. I would start Antonio Brown over him. You wouldn't? I'd start Brown over Allen Robinson, yes. Oh, all right. I'd start Edelman over him, PPR. But he's a he's a, a guy worth starting. And then any interest in Trey Burton? No, 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 I, no. Chris Thompson or Tariq Cohen? Thompson, Thompson. Chris Thompson or Terry McLaurin? Terry Thompson. Thompson. Are we afraid of Terry McLaurin in this matchup? Is this a tough matchup for him? I I wouldn't want to trust him, but yeah, he's looked good through the first two weeks, and we figure they're not going to be able to run the ball against Chicago, so or throw or move the ball or do they're it. they're going to be able to move I, the ball. I would start him over all the other rookies except for Marquise Brown. Over I Metcalf. Would start him over John Ross. You start him over Metcalf. I'd start him over Metcalf. Wow. I'd but, start Metcalf. I'd start Ross. By the way, you know Case Keenum is the number five quarterback in fantasy right now. I know over twenty <laughs> fantasy points each of the first two weeks. Yeah, he's been. He's been yeah, good. funny how we haven't really talked about him as a streamer this week. No, not this week. Against Chicago, right? All right, guys. Thank you. That's it for today's show. Good stuff. Got one game though. Oh, which one, Jamie? The uh, headset tossing game. Gotta go. Bye. You know those headsets are expensive.
All right, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll come back tomorrow. We'll recap the Thursday night game because we have to, and we will talk about the uh, eight games remaining on the schedule for Dave, for Jamie, for Heath. I'm Adam saying... told you imaginary friends are real this is just so exciting this friday get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined showtime ryan reynolds john krasinski kaylee fleming fiona shaw phoebe waller bridge louis gossett jr matt damon emily blunt george clooney maya rudolph bradley cooper sebastian maniscalco john stewart sam rockwell aquafina keegan michael key and steve carell i need to throw up or i need a snack it's one of the two gross if ready pg parental guidance suggested written and directed by john krasinski